When I was in Vietnam, I was assigned with, to the 101st Airport, and I think one of the things that, that, had, that got me into the 101st Screaming Eagles was because I had gone to Fort Benning, Georgia. I jumped school, so let's send him to the 101st. You know, they, uh, there, was a, there was a lot of fighting going on then, and uh, they were losing a lot of guys. And one of the guys that they, they usually uh, lose is the medic, because he's the one that goes out there and he's not armed. And you, usually you're armed, but when somebody gets wounded, you put your rifle down and you have to take care of the guy, so you're not armed. So they needed a medic up in the i Corps area where the 101st was stationed. Up that, that's up by the, uh, the northern part of South Vietnam at the time uh, when they were divided by the DMZ, north and south. Uh, so that's where I was sent. And, uh, and at the time, uh, I got there in December of 69. Uh, there was, uh, there was a lot of action going on, uh, and I remember in March of 70, we were given orders, not just uh, just about the whole airport division in, in that area, was assigned to uh, clear out an area called uh, in the Ashaw Valley. And what happens during the, the monsoon season, which runs from, uh, you know, like December all the way through March, the Vietnamese or the North Vietnamese soldiers and the Viet Cong resupply and, and all the uh, gather in the Ashaw Valley uh, to go down south. And what happens every year is they send in U.S. troops and uh, South Vietnamese soldiers up into that Ashaw Valley to clear it all out. And this happened every year. You know, they'd come back, we'd go in, clear it out and it would be fine for a while, and then they'd come back again, and then we'd go in and clear out. And this is what was happening there in, in the March of 1970, it started. So we were going into the HL Valley, and there was a lot of North Vietnamese divisions in there, a lot of Viet Cong. So we, uh, as usual, we, a um, uh, lot of resistance. You know, firefights every day, contact every day. Uh, somebody was, always, you know, somebody was getting killed, uh, wounded. Uh, so it was, there was just so much going on and there was a lot of action going on and we were involved in it. My squad was involved in it, my platoon. So there was, there was a lot of action. Uh, and being there in, uh, in April, 20, April 23rd, 1970, we were in the Ashaw Valley, going, we were in, on patrol uh, and we were going out. I was with a recon unit and we'd go out in uh, seven man teams and I was the medic in that team. And we'd go out and uh, try not to make contact. What we, what our job was to go in there, uh, determine uh, the size of the enemy, uh, you know, what kind of uh, armaments they had, you know, what kind of weapons they were using, uh, where were they at, their location, and report that back. But when you're in an area like that, uh, in, in as quiet as we were in a seven-man team, you get ambushed. You know, there's just just no, no way of getting around it. And that's what happened. We were, it was April 23rd, the morning of, and uh, we were on patrol, and we were going through an area, and uh, we were ambushed. Uh, first guy got, uh, uh, our point man was shot, and he went down, and we in happened in an open area, and, uh, you know, and, and we, we know each other very well. I mean, it's, it's our, you know, we're brothers. 
we're like family. So if somebody gets hurt or something, right away we rush to help. And uh, I was a medic, and uh, he was wounded. He, uh, he couldn't get up. He was laying there. He got sh he shot twice through the stomach. And he was laying there in an open area, and uh, he needed to get out of there. There was a lot of shooting going on from both sides. They were shooting at us. We were shooting at them. You know, and then crawled out there and grabbed him, uh, pulled him over behind a tree to take care of him. And, uh, you know, at the time, I, you know, I, he's laying on the ground. I'm kneeling over him, uh, trying to stop the blood, uh, get the bandages, trauma dressings, and all out. You know, I mean, I, I can feel uh, the bullets whizzing by, and they're so close. And, you know, and, and from both sides, you know, I'm, you know, I can feel the bullets on one side coming. And then I, on the other side, I can feel the bullets coming, you know, my way also. And I'm going, oh, man, this is a bad area, but I can't move them right now. So I, I took care of them. And once I, I stopped the bleeding and put the bandage on, I could then drag them even to a safer spot, not only for him, but for me. Because in a firefight like that, it, it's a lot of chaos sometimes. And there, so everybody's shooting, you know. I mean, thousands of rounds are going off. And so you get hit by friendly fire very easily. Uh, so that's, uh, and fortunately, uh, it, nothing hit me. I wasn't wounded at all, and I, I pulled the guy back and you know, about 30, 40 feet and, uh, to a safer area. And, and I remember the guys yelling at me, and they're like, what are you doing, Doc? You know, you're, you were out there right in the open like that, and, you know, we're shooting, you know, and they're shooting, you know, and you're lucky we didn't kill you. And I said, yeah, I said, thanks. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I had to do it, you know. I, this guy was a good friend of mine. And uh, just as a medic, you had to go up. You did it. That was your job. And uh, so I was uh, put in for the, the Silver Star for that day, and uh, that was April 23rd. And on May 6th is when Firebase Henderson happened, you know. So it wasn't that far off again. Like I said, there was a, it was a bad area. It was Aopair, I mean, uh, the Aishaw Valley. And uh, now we were in uh, Fort uh, Firebase Henderson, which is even further north of uh, the Aishon Valley. That was even closer to the uh, demilitarized zone. That's an even more dangerous area, if you can, if you can say that. But uh, uh, May 6th, uh, the morning of, uh, we were attacked and uh, we were overrun by a division of uh, North Vietnamese soldiers and uh, lost a lot of my platoon that day. And, uh, uh, you know, Again, as a medic, my job is to go around and try to uh, treat the wounded, and, and that's what I did. And, and I was uh, put in for the Bronze Star with a V device for Valor. So, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I think about it now, and I'm gonna, you know, very fortunate, you know. I, and, you know uh, and when I received the Silver Star and for those actions, and I, I think back, and I'm going, I remember the bullets whizzing by, and I'm going, you know, I could have been killed that. At that morning, and then, but I wasn't in. Same thing with the May 6th for uh, Firebase Entrance. I mean, all the medics were killed except me and, uh, and most of my platoon. It was only like uh, uh, on that hill that morning, uh, there was only three of us left. So, uh, again, it was fortunate. And, uh, you know, again, they, you know, they said, well, you deserve a bronze star for valor. And I'm like, please. I said, I was just. Again, I feel like I was just doing what you trained me to do at Fort Sam Houston. And uh, what I've been doing all this time when I've been here in Vietnam is to take care of the guys. And that's my job.
You know, when when I when I think about that time, uh, either May, April twenty third or May sixth, you know, one of the things that that sticks in my I remember how scared I was. I mean, I was I had never been so scared in my entire life since then. I mean, you think you're going to lose your life any second, and it's not going to be a good way to die. So you're just scared out of your mind. And, but you still do things that you need to do, and it's like, wow. And I think back on that, I'm like, I don't know how I did that, uh, to be able to do those things, as scared as I was. And, and one of the things, too, is I remember, you know, because you know, I, I was awarded the, the medals, but there was other people there that are, you know, uh, there are people who asked me, well, what did you see, uh, you know, from a personal what I felt and what I was doing. But I saw other people uh, uh, perform acts of courage uh, that were just unbelievable, you know, that uh, people would put themselves in, in, in a line of fire to, to save a buddy and then they get killed. So nobody hears their story or nobody saw it happen but me. And uh, so it, it's one of those things that, you know, you th there was a lot of people up there that, uh, uh, perform acts of tremendous courage and sacrifice, and uh, you know nobody knows about them. And, uh, and you know I seen them, uh, I, I witnessed it, uh, but they were killed you know, in performing their duties and what they were doing, and I wasn't. So I was, you know, I was here to to talk about it, and they weren't. You know, to say, you know, Tommy Turan, you know, was uh, walking toward the enemy, shooting, and uh, they're trying to stop the. Uh, the influx of uh, North Vietnamese soldiers coming up, and, uh, and rather than hiding behind a bunker or hiding behind sandbags, he stood up and started walking toward the enemy and, you know, shooting at him. And uh, he got shot twice. And uh, he went down, got up, shot some more. He got shot again. He went down and he got up again. And you know, uh, then uh, there was a big explosion, and I, I never saw uh, Tommy after that. In fact, after that. He wouldn't, nobody could find his body. And he was missing in action for till 2004, from 1970. So things like that I see, you know, where, hey, there was other people there beside me and they were doing some incredible things that but they were killed and, you know, nobody can, you know, my friend Ed Vesser, you know, he was horribly wounded, but, you know, he kept uh, shooting while he, as long as he could. You know, until he didn't have any strength left, and then you know, then I start taking care of him. But and Ken Shuddy was there also. He had he had his left eye blown out. He continued shooting, uh, and uh, so it's those things that hey, you know, there was other there was other people there that were uh, performing acts of tremendous courage, you know, and uh, but nobody knows their story. So, but then I think so. What's a hero supposed to feel like? Or you know, does, does he know he's a hero? Or, and so it's it's uncomfortable and I'm embarrassed and I'm going like you know think to myself you know I was just doing my job you know just what I was trained to do this is what I did and I was lucky enough to survive it but it, it is it's embarrassing to me and it's you know and I feel uncomfortable you know and because I have gone I've been to uh, you know, conventions and conferences and stuff and 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 yeah I'm sitting there and it's oh yeah George Amanda is out there getting yeah he's a hero from Vietnam and you know stand up and you know, it's like, leave me alone. 
you know, but you're like, okay, you're polite, you get up and you wave and people clap and come and shake your hand and, you know, just really uncomfortable, like, I said, I'm not a hero, oh my goodness.